0: bad dust storm here yesterday i heard we were flying in i was like
1: Ooh. wonderful council of
0: I hear a lot of clicking going on over there, y'all. A lot of clicking on that side uh, right now. <laughs> there we go. with him.
1: That you going on over there, y'all.
0: For those of you that are still waiting to come on, we thank you so much. We ask that you uh, zoom in, spread the word, share the word as you're waiting to come into our webinar tonight, the financial series. Tonight's episode, our talk will be on fieldwork. Fieldwork, and that is so amazing. You see the link to your left under the financial series, Podbean podbeancorymoody.podbean.com. You can reach us, the Renaissance Fellowship, at gmail.com, uh, Renaissance Fellowship, excuse me, on Facebook, all social media platforms, Corey D. Moody, and uh, we will begin shortly. Such a great blessing to be alive on a beautiful day here in Las Vegas, and also by way of uh, another country, so we just thank
1: God for how he can teach.
0: i want people to share the words Uh, you gotta hear something you gotta love it It it's all fine trust me i want y'all to hear the pre-talk hey there's some talking going on you know what even in the midst of this we we have one more minute ladies and gentlemen uh yeah that is hilarious this (laughs) this is my brother right
2: you there now you know what all right mic check you good over there brother cheney
0: (laughs) (laughs) yes sir i am and we are live it is 6 p.m ladies and gentlemen thank you so much again (laughs)
1: É <laughs>
2: Good evening. I'm doing well. Um, just having a great week. Uh, and this gets better. I mean, just letting God do his thing in my life, man. This is, this is new from this perspective perspective and at this level. And, and, you know, I remember one of my daughters telling me and saying to us, there's levels to this stuff. And we we're talking about just things going on in, in life. And I'm understanding there's levels to our relationship with God. And I'm enjoying being at the highest level that myself personally have been at with Jesus Christ and God. I am so happy and thrilled. And again, welcome to the financial series. And I'm always glad to to be here. And thank you for tuning in being faithful. And you know, helping us understand and helping us move through this financial maze of life, and how does that kind of relate to what we have to do and and things that go goes on every day in our life? What do we do to kind of help with that? And you know, I I, I had the screen up, you know, talking about field work, and you know, that's a very important part of what we do as auditors and you know i know i I talked a lot of accounting because this is a financial class but i want to break a couple of things down one of the things i learned early on is what allows me to learn the best what avenue works for me you know and you hear people saying hey you know i'm a visual person well i can learn more by hearing You know, I learn more by talking, you know, so there's different methods that kind of allow us to, to learn better. It's not that one's better than the other, but when we start figuring out ourselves and, and allowing God to really move and not put ourselves in the box about who we are, you know, it just opened up for me to understand no matter what anyone else does or how they do it you know, what gives me the best result. And, you know, when I was in, at Morehouse, you know, and I, I was running track, you know, so I'm I'm quote unquote a jock, but I always sat in the front row. I sat in the front row because I knew I was going to be participating in the class, which means I was, my hand was going to be up and down, probably, you know, definitely more than anyone else. but. That's how I learned by discussing and talking and making sure I understand the concept. And you heard me talk about going through a physics class and what kind of broke the code for me when I just said physics, it's just a different language. It's really algebra, just doing um, math, math equations, but you're using these weird symbols and letters and words. That really is just the language. And you're really just doing addition, subtraction, and multiplication. And you may go out to the 10th power, you know, because things get so, so fine. But it's just a different way of learning. Let me get this A. I, I apologize, meant to turn this off. You know, you learn to learn what suits you the best. And numbers did it for me. Numbers allowed me to understand and communicate better. It wasn't just about communicating the result of an of a equation, but understanding concepts and theory. So I spent 30-something years, you know, in accounting, I'm 40 years into it, you know. And as a auditor, there are some specific rules. And one of the things I've learned, you know, as a professional, many different professions have levels. And one of the things is what makes you tick. And how far can you go with it? So what I realized, doctors. So doctors, physicians, they are what they are. But what I noticed, a surgeon, you know, orthopedic surgeon, brain surgeon, whatever. When you ask them what they do, they don't say doctor, they say I'm a surgeon. In the same field, same degree, got the MD behind their name, but they call themselves something different. Because they see what they do different than an MD. I'm a surgeon. And there are are surgical groups. You know, that put on seminars. You have to be a surgeon, not a doctor. And so I started understanding, even within your own profession, within my my own life. What makes me say who I am? What makes me who I am? Is it my title? Is it the initials behind my name? See, the misnomer is that education, the titles, the, the, the letters behind your name makes you who you are. No, there was just identifier or really credentials that allows you to do certain things. See, only a doctor can prescribe drugs. Only a CPA can do audits. But anybody can do taxes. Anybody can provide bookkeeping services. But only CPAs can render opinion on financial statements, can audit, can do reviews. So there are certain things that those letters allow me to do. So what I realized for the majority of my professional life, when people ask me what I do, I always say CPA rarely do I say accountant because I want them to know I'm a CPA not to make me look bigger or whatever just so they understand who they're talking to and unfortunately I'm in a profession that as a black person we're less than one percent of the profession so i use that just to always give my credential more than a puffing of of who i am so field work and you can see the screen i think i think um uh, screen should be shared now you know it's it's a it's one of the phases of auditing so in auditing if you heard early on when uh, pastor cheney was talking you know talking about planning you know planning is the first thing we do we spend more time planning the audit than maybe actually going in what you may think or what I even thought going into it doing a bunch of accounting because see, accounting itself is just maintaining records you know and monetarily auditing we go and evaluate those numbers or those books so one of the things you hear as an auditor you know when you go into a company says i need an audit or i'm i'm trying you know i need a new accountant you know can you help me out And depending on who walks in there they may give them a different level of service not bad service just different level of service see if a bookkeeper goes in there and this company needs to get their books put in order and when i'm saying books and company put yourself in there say me my books my house how well are my finances in order and just because you got a big bank account a lot of money in there doesn't mean your books are in order So there's a difference to understand being in an order, being in compliance, and are you audit ready? So we can go into a company and they say, I need an audit for whatever reason they need an audit, whether it's compliance for a bonding company or a bank or something, they're requiring audited statements. And they can have million dollars, $10 million in the bank. But if their books are not in a certain condition, we cannot audit those books because there's nothing to audit. Because see, what we do, what we're doing is auditing the financial statements that you give us. We're not there to prepare financial statements for you. So I'm saying that as it relates to our personal finances, are our books auditable? Can an auditor come in and audit us and, and make sense? And I saw this early on in my career because uh, John Matthews, uh, who was my mentor, was an XRS revenue agent and revenue officer, um, uh, was a, an attorney also. And when he went out on his own to be a CPA, I was blessed to ha- have years to work under him, to be taught and trained by him. And so we did a lot of tax work, a lot of tax resolution work where, you know, someone's being audited, or they need an offer and compromise because their balance is so high, we're trying to work out a payment plan. And so in order to do that, we need information to present to the IRS. I don't know, if I ran into one person, Over these 30-something years and thousands of cases where personal finances, we didn't have to put in two weeks, 30 days' worth of work to get the books ready to even figure out what really transpired. See, unfortunately, we just look at the cash account, and that's how we judge how well we're doing, whether we got money at the end of the month. But as you kind of saw, you know, previous, looking at your budget and looking at your actuals and looking at your variance becomes very important to understand how well we're operating, how good good a stewards are we with these finances that we've been entrusted with. So I always used to say to myself, I wanna be audit ready for the IRS. Because I, but over these last several decades, you know, working, you know, with churches and helping people kind of break through this financial bondage, we had to understand that these numbers mean more than, you know, how much we spent here, but are indicators that that helps us move forward. And without that, we're really just hoping. It works, and we got enough money in the bank, so we don't worry about necessarily running out. But how much have we wasted? See, there's a term in construction, even though I got the job, you know, we talked about bidding, and the low bid wins, but the next lowest bid next to my bid was a million dollars higher. I left. $999,099 on the table. Which means I could have bid at nine hundred ninety-nine thousand dollars nine hundred ninety-nine dollars more and still won. But my contract would have been bigger. So understanding your numbers, your costs, can prevent you from leaving money on the table, prevent you from overspending in, on things not that you didn't need to buy, that you could have bought better. So looking at your numbers are very important. And so fill work, when we go now your, 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 your company's ready for audit, now I'm going to send out some staff people. all right, So the staff goes out, and I'm just going to go to this next one. So field work is typically done by staff. That's typically your new accountants that that are coming into the the profession. These are the grunt workers. And most CPA firms, especially the big ones, you're just gonna be put in 60, 70, 80 hours uh, a week. That's just typical. They burn you out. And it's really a profession of what? nutrition attrition you know so many people just drop out because it's like this too much we just constantly grinding and burning them out but the importance of field work if you can get through it is it gives you that hands-on experience you get you know you you understand industries and Because when you start going in and and getting these what we call source documents, gathering the evidence, you know, uh, looking at checks, looking at invoices, looking at payroll journals, and you heard earlier when we talked about risk assessment, you know, so what we do in the planning period is we document and assess our risk what areas of these financials are risked for us as the auditor because see, when we sign that name they can come back and get us if something go awry so we want to reduce the risk of what we call a material misstatement that could lead the readers of that to make a decision that could cost them a loss and if they relied on what we did they can come sue us along with the person who, the, the company that had the financial. And I kind of started looking at how, I wonder how God looks, up, looks at us when it comes to our finances. And I, how much field work am I putting, putting in in my financials in my life? Not just on the financial piece, but my life period. Is my life, are my books auditable? So God getting ready to come in and audit me, how much stuff do I have to run and have and put up or fix so my books are auditable? Where's the evidence? What source documents are they going to find that they're going to need? But before he came in he did a risk assessment and says "Corey, okay this is a high risk area for him I got to do additional work this is where I'm gonna spend a lot time a lot of more time looking at evidence pulling source documents because it's a high risk see if you don't do your budgeting compared to your actuals You don't know your high-risk areas. And when I start understanding the high-risk areas as it relates to my finances, it also changed my spiritual life, my personal life, and my relationship with God. Because now I'm having my own evidence, my own indicators that's telling me, hey, I'm in line here, I'm out of a line here. It's not the noise that we hear from outside. Everybody telling us, don't do this, do that, and all that. See, that noise makes us look in areas that we don't need to be focusing on because the risk assessment we did early on in the planning phase already told us this this is low risk, this is high risk. And you can go into a company, the same industry, and those risk areas could be different. And so when I started looking at my life, I said, okay, what's my high risk areas? Nothing to do with the size of my bank account, but how it relates to my life. And so now we gather all this evidence and the the staff comes back and brings all this evidence, brings it to the senior or the manager and it might be in a form and and the manager kind of reviews certain things and looks at tick marks to kind of see i'm okay with what we looked at because you can't look at every transaction in a company or in your life and, and, and say i gotta look at everything i gotta change and tick and tack everything no start reducing the risk and 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 start focusing on what I need to do and not necessarily to eliminate. So there are companies and CPA firms where they, what we call over audit. They just put so much work and gathering stuff really that has no value. If they did other things, we did other things. It could reduce that risk and the time that we have to put into it. So now that this work comes back and it gets signed off on. So our work papers, once it's, The senior and the manager looks at it, and and now it's getting ready to go to the partner. The partner now is the one who says, "I'm getting ready to we're getting ready to send these financials out, and I'm getting ready to sign my name on these financials." And I have to look, and you got to look. Is there enough in there? Can I look at a few things to know that I am pretty sure that these financials are good? So now understand, all this work can be done. Now this audit report, you may not get what's called a clean opinion. In the old days, we used to call it an unqualified opinion. That's a clean opinion, which means, hey, we saying these numbers are jam up, no problem, here they are. But then sometimes we have to qualify that opinion. It's still an audit, but it's a qualified opinion. Now, when someone reads that statement, there's some underlying issues that they know they have to deal with. And that company may not get the loan or the bond or whatever they're trying to get because that qualified opinion could eliminate them from selection. Or you can get an adverse opinion. And sometimes as auditors, we withdraw from the engagement. It's like, this is not worth even dealing with. And I start looking. I don't never want God to withdraw from my engagement, my covenant. And we talked about the covenant earlier. I want a clean opinion when God comes in and looks at my finances, when he looks at my life. I want him to be able to sign off and say, "Son, job well done." So, in law, you know, when a when a lawyer goes out, they do what's called a discovery. They and whatever one side has, the other side has. They get you know, you can't one side cannot be lopsided. And then also you get deposed now the attorney the opposition attorney is asking you questions and see that happens because i i serve as an expert witness in financial cases dealing with money and so now i gave the bad report i said it was a clean opinion or someone else there was a clean opinion, they calling me to be an expert witness. I hadn't, I hadn't blown it that, that bad in my profession, but they saying, where, who's really at fault? And I have to go in and say, here are the areas, here are the problem areas, this is what was missed, this is why. And I just always want God to be able to come look at me no matter what I do, and say here it is and sometimes the auditor doesn't quit what he does is says he gives us in a letter and says all right these are 20 things we need to fix we need to get clarification on you 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 do these things right here i can give you a clean opinion so that's why understanding Your numbers personally are so important. Because for me, what opened up when my finances were getting in better shape, or I I, I was a good steward, forget that, forget the amount. It's not about the amount, it was about what I am doing and being obedient to what He's called me to do. Because I want that, I want that clean opinion. So do your books, do your numbers. And those indicators helps you stay on path, helps me stay on path. That's why I do my budgets. I do my budgets versus actual. I do my reconciliations. I do all the things we've talked about for the last year. Because when it's all over, I want that clean opinion. And I want it to come from the engagement partner, the owner. I want it to come from God. That God is saying, you've passed this. Pastor Cheney, that's all I got for today. I want to thank you for listening to this podcast. And I hope there are some things that will stick with you to understand the importance of knowing your numbers, having those books audit ready. Pastor Cheney, thank you for, as always, having me on Wednesday. I love Wednesday check-in, God bless.